Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast contains adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. It may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. So I say to all Detroiters and those of you from around the country and around the world, welcome to Mother Park City. It was no accident that you're here today. Rosa Parks' funeral was held on an unusually warm November day in 2005 at Greater Grace Temple in Detroit. Thousands stood outside as a horse-drawn carriage carried one of the most celebrated trailblazers of the civil rights movement to her final resting place. Inside the church, there were rows and rows of the most prominent people in American politics. Bill and Hillary Clinton were there. So was almost every notable member of the Democratic Party. John Kerry, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Jennifer Granholm, Nancy Pelosi. Barack Obama was there too. He was a senator then. Aretha Franklin sang, her voice soaring to the rafters. For seven hours, there was music and eulogies and preaching and prayers. But many people agreed afterward that among all the famous names, one clear star emerged. One man held them captive with a simple speech that needed no teleprompter. Detroit historian Ken Coleman remembers. Dude was a major, or is a major orator. There's no doubt about it. You know, I haven't been the biggest Kwame Kilpatrick fan over the years. Yeah. But the man can tell a story. He can twist, he can tell a story. He can sell ice to an Eskimo. Kwame Kilpatrick was the youngest mayor ever in Detroit. He was wrapping up his first term and hoping for a second. Kwame was a son of Detroit. He played on Detroit streets, went to its public schools. He was young and black and ambitious. He personified the promise of Detroit and the opportunities that Rosa Parks had sacrificed to create. What's interesting about that, when I think about these things, you know, more than a decade later, is that there was still enough optimism around the city, around this 31-year-old kid who he would often refer to as the nephew or the grandson of the older generation of this city. Kwame could walk into a room and, man, soak it up. And especially seniors, they fell in love with him. Metro Detroiters, 
We're proud of our homegrown celebrities. This isn't Hollywood. So we still talk about Gil Hill, the police chief who played the boss in Beverly Hills Cop before he ran for mayor of Detroit. But Kwame beat him in a head-to-head matchup for mayor in 2001, and a lot of people didn't think that could happen. And then Freeman Hendricks. And he beat Freeman Hendricks a second time, and Freeman was extremely popular, the sitting deputy mayor, and beat Freeman pretty handily as well. And so Kwame was on top of the world. I think that only the junior U.S. senator from Illinois, Barack Obama, might have been the only more popular African-American elected official in America. When Kwame got to the podium at Rosa Parks' funeral, some people were already on their feet before he said a word. I had an awesome experience this week, shortly after Mother Parks had gone on to be with the Lord. The family and I, we formed a circle around the bed and we said a prayer. I feel right now like I felt at that moment, tremendously honored and humbled to be even in the presence of Mrs. Parks. And I thank you. Kwame was just a week away from a re-election that many thought he couldn't win. He'd been in the local headlines for an array of infractions that, knowing what we know now, seemed minor. Things like failing to balance the budget, hiring relatives, sloppy accounting, overspending on a city-issued credit card. There was that time, too, that he bought his wife a fancy SUV on the dime of the poorest city in America. Still, after he spoke at the funeral, his victory seemed much more assured. The Clintons led the crowd in a standing ovation. I noticed that I was the youngest person speaking today. And so I stand here humbly as an extension to all of those people who were yet unborn in 1955. And as my grandmother said, people that weren't even thought about in 1955. I stand here humbly. I would fall to my knees and just say, thank you, Mother Parks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Media across the country raved about the young mayor's heartfelt tribute. Because you sat down on that bus, a little chubby kid on the west side of the city of Detroit believed he could be anything he wanted to be. So as an extension of all of those brothers and sisters who came behind you, I say job well done and thank you, Mother Parks. By the time he was in greater grace giving that speech, Kwame wasn't a chubby kid anymore. He had nearly a decade of political leadership behind him. He had joined the Michigan legislature by winning his mother's seat when he was just 26 years old. Became the first black leader of the House Democrats. Won his first mayor's race at 32. On the day many now pinpoint as his finest moment in public life, Kilpatrick was the picture of confidence. Kwame looks not just like a big man, but like a great man. The speech is rolled up in his hands. He doesn't need it. He's freewheeling earnest in his element. There is a crisis in our society with men. And as a man who is a good husband of Carlita, who's a great dad of Jelani, Jalil, and Jonas, I say to you, Mother Parks, 
Thank you for showing men what true courage really is. Thank you, Mother Parks, for showing us in your womanhood what a man's supposed to do. Six days later, Kwame Kilpatrick secured a second term in the mayor's office. He was ushered in on a wave of optimism, youth, and energy. His growing national stature, his vision. We will commemorate you and the legacy that you have left us on our $2 billion development on the river. Promises of thriving new businesses, a revitalized waterfront, safe neighborhoods, better schools. The battered city of Detroit seemed finally poised to catch a break. It was Kwame's town, and Kwame could not lose. I'm Christy Strasser, and this is Who Killed Strawberry? A few miles away from the spot where the world put Rosa Parks to rest, there's another grave. One with a pink granite headstone. It says Tamara Seabond, 26 years old, beloved mother and daughter. Three years earlier, Tamara an exotic dancer who went by Strawberry, had been shot to death inside a car in Detroit. There were whispers between cops and reporters about her death and a possible connection between it and a party at the Detroit mayor's mansion. But they were just that, whispers. Twenty years later, Strawberry's murder is still unsolved. And while the lives of Kwame Kilpatrick and Tamara Green couldn't seem more different at the time, it's complicated under the surface. Kwame Kilpatrick was the scion of a power couple. His mother was in the legislature. His dad was a county commissioner. His dad was a real power broker. By the time he was 31 years old, Kwame was the husband of his college sweetheart and the father of three young sons. He had a law degree lived in a mansion, rode in the back of limos. Tamara Green never really knew her father, by all accounts. Her mother worked to support Tamara and her sister, then fell into health problems, the kind that required her family to take care of her. And they did, especially her oldest daughter. Tammy, as she was called, was a cheerleader with good grades. She found herself pregnant while still in high school. Later, she made her living dancing at clubs and at private parties for men with money. She made no secret of it. Her name and likeness were on posters. Miss Strawberry the Dancer. The curvy headliner with a sweet smile. Strawberry tattoos circling her waist. She had another strawberry tattoo on her hip. She was a natural beauty who made upwards of $1,000 a night. She was a dancer, but she was one of the good ones. She knew her craft. Carol Teagarden is a former reporter for the Detroit Free Press. She wrote a book and a play about the Tamara Green case in the early 2000s. She did shows where she was a single performer, and she would captivate a whole room. And there were a lot of flyers, you know, that they looked up and saw about her. And she started out actually having a... A baby. I mean, she was still in high school. Yeah, how old was she when she had her first? I think 16, and she and a a roommate lived in a flat trying to 
share a flat, take care of these babies, and eat hamburgers, you know, share hamburgers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out that from all the people that knew her. Hundreds of people knew her. And um, she was really a great personality. Now retired, T. Darden's a substitute teacher and a grandmother. Takes the grandkids to school. She has lawn braids and wears colorful scarves. She spent three years researching the club scene in Detroit, talking to dancers, investigators, family members, and more to get to the heart of Strawberry's story. Yeah, celebrities went to the clubs, and the girls danced, and they weren't totally naked in a lot, you know, like they are now, and, and they were really somewhat professional. She was a big deal at All Star, and she also worked at a club on Seven Mile, and I can't remember the name of that either. Had a bad reputation. Yeah. This one also had a good one. They, you could get a steak there, real good liquors. They had a well-appointed bar. And she would do private parties, yeah. And, and they were, in the beginning, I think, of her career around, in the good times, salad days, if you might call it, she would be at a party where a lot of Detroit businessmen who didn't want their names mentioned would be, you know. And she performed, but it wasn't like it wasn't like on TV. It wasn't wasn't like what you think it was. You know, she could hold her head high, but her family didn't like her doing what she did because they were afraid for her. that scene. T. Darden set out to tell people about the woman behind the headlines, and to figure out what really happened at that infamous and never proven party at the Manugian Mansion. Yeah, she was performing a certain show, (laughs) and I guess a little too close to Kwame. And his wife turned around, supposedly. She was just coming in the door, and there was a bat right by the door, and it was signed by one of the tigers, and it was for one of her sons, I guess. They had three sons. And apparently she grabbed it and started whacking her. Then what happened? Allegedly. They got the girls out of the party calm things down and she was left on the street so know. she called 911 herself mm-hmm. this is yeah. and so she said that she was hit and she was you know freezing she didn't get her coat he came and she told him everything and that she was strawberry and that she was afraid he took her to um detroit receiving there are variations of the story about what happened after the never proven party But a common theme claims that Strawberry went to Detroit Receiving Hospital. It's a hospital known for having one of the busiest emergency rooms in the country. Stabbings, bullet wounds. The level of tragedy doctors handle there is biblical. So he took her there and he said when he got there, there was a car lineup of police cars all the way up the driveway, flashing lights. So they had to get past this gauntlet and go in there, and she started screaming because she was uh, getting out of the car and screaming that she was beaten up by the mayor's wife. She gets treated, she goes home. I got a hold of uh, one friend of hers that told me a little bit about it, that she went to the hospital, he picked her up, and he took her to the pharmacy and she went home. Tamara had good friends by all accounts. The kind who'll pick you up at the hospital and drop you off back at home. She had a pretty eccentric life. Yeah, colorful. Just the nature of the game is eccentric. And you're always chasing money because you need it to feed your three kids and your places where you might work out of town. Your rent, she lived in Farmington Hills. She owned a condo, but she was a soft touch. So she'd go with some of these guys from the clubs and, yeah, she was really good hearted. And they took advantage of her, you think? Yeah, 
And then, so after she's injured, she comes home. Some of the stories say that she tried to get money from Kwame to stay mm-hmm. quiet. My personal opinion is nobody wanted Strawberry or anybody else talking about Kwame Kilpatrick because he was running for office his second term. His wife was, you know, at his side all the time, and they didn't want her name messed up in this. We can't say strongly enough that the Minutian Mansion Party has never been proven. Kwame Kilpatrick has always denied it happened. And even if Tamara Green dancing at the mansion is somehow proven, it's another giant leap to make a link between that and her murder. It was an out-of-control rumor fueled by some cops that said it was true, that believed it was true. And that's why Kwame wanted, I'm just saying this, I don't know if it's true. Very well, they could have had a party. His wife could have been pissed off. I think something happened to that effect. I think she was there and I think she did get beaten up. I think that was true. So many people, in my book, I probably have 50 or 60 people at least who confirm I was there. I served drinks. I was there. I danced. I was there, you know, and I saw her. So why won't they go on the record? Why at the time? I couldn't get anybody to pin it down. Like the time or the day or the place? Well, I went there. I went to where the Manoogian Mansion was. I went to the neighborhood. And what I pinned down is that it happened on Labor Day or a day before Labor Day. So the lady next door was having trouble because there were many parties that Kwame had, lots of parties with strippers. There were two different police officers that said there was a party. She got beaten up by the mayor's wife, and the others would say she was there. She danced. That was it. You know, she got in a tangle with Carlita, but that was it. T. Garden is quick to say that's all hearsay from the many people she talked to in the wake of Tamara Green's death. No one would go on the record with her or me to say they were at a party where Strawberry danced at the Minutian Mansion, or that her death was in any way connected to it. Here's what we do know about Strawberry. Like Kwame, Tamara Green came up in Detroit, just a few miles away and a few years younger. She liked fancy clothes, beautiful cars, money, jewelry, glamour, nightclubs, sex, attention. She bought family and friends clothes and shoes, cars even. She paid for hair and spa appointments for them, gave them her time and her support. She let people live with her, even bring their family members to live with her too. She got enmeshed with them in messy financial affairs that ended up in fights and drama. It seems like almost everybody she involved herself with had uh-huh. some sort of Well, she had a tough upbringing. And on. I think yeah. that, you know, I mean, she was living with a single mother. Her father wasn't around. She had a lot of people that tried to help her, though. She had a pastor in Detroit that really tried to help her. She would take her grandmother to the store and say, silk sheets, get whatever you want. Yeah. I'll buy you anything. Well, they took advantage of her, too. She would go to the mall and come back with games and Her son, Jonathan, said, we didn't even have to have that stuff. We just were happy to be around her. There are no pictures of Kwame and Tammy in the same room. No text messages between them. No first-person accounts from people who say they knew each other or even had a passing relationship. And yet the two would become linked. 
the closest anyone has been able to connect them personally is that Strawberry danced at a club called Tigers when it was owned by a former state representative. He's named Keith Stallworth Jr. Stallworth was a mentor of Kwame's, and women who danced at his club told Carol Teagarden that Kwame was an occasional patron. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A woman, let's call her Beth. She worked with Strawberry at a topless club in Detroit very early on, 1999, when both were barely out of their teens. We worked together at a entertainment bar called Double O Seven, which was on the east side of Detroit. It was a topless bar. How old were you at the time? I was 20 years old at that time. For Beth, the job was a way for a pretty girl to make money. A quick stop between college and the rest of her life. Beth absorbed the scene and Strawberry's role in it like a sponge. She's a little sister type who watched the mature and confident Tamara Green treat the club like an office, clocking in and sweeping back out at the end of a shift without a backward glance. I got to know her through one of the bouncers who was in charge of security at the job. He was, like many other people, actually somewhat of a fan of Samira. And I say this in the most humble way in memory of her because the brief time that I encountered her, she was a very humble, professional person considering the type of work or the line of work that we were in at that time. She carried herself as a very classy lady from the seasons that I knew her. So the bouncer actually uh, was briefing myself and one of the other ladies who worked at the bar on, you know, some of the happenings in the bar, the who's and who. And she was actually pointed out as one of the more professional people. And it just made me become at eye with her because of her beauty, of course, and just the way that she carried herself. So that was my first introduction to her. Two women working together at the same club, 
relying on the amount of attention they grab from men to pay the bills. It's easy to imagine a less-than-friendly relationship. So it says something about Tamara, the star, the headliner, that that wasn't the case. We had two different roles at the entertainment club. She was uh, with the entertainment and the dancing sector, and I was one of the ladies who sold shot glasses and drinks to the patrons. So if there was competition, it was mainly amongst the ladies who did the dancing and the entertainment. Some of them would be jealous of each other. And of course, a lot of people maybe could have been envious of her, but the relationship that I had with her, she was a very helpful person to me. How would you describe her? Was she friendly? Was she warm? She was like strictly business. Very classy when she danced. She wasn't there for the whole shift. She just came in like for a few hours to see a few of her customers, people who requested her. And she never uh, hung around the bar afterwards. It was like she professionally did her dances. And then before the end of the evening, she was already gone. Did she have regular customers? What was her status at the club? She had a lot of regulars, a lot of people who wanted to see her. Was she the headliner usually? One of the top, definitely. But here's the big question. Did Kwame hang out at 007? I never saw him at the club when I was there. Who was the biggest celebrity you saw when you were there? It was like uh, different basketball players from the Pistons we would see, some of the Lions we would see, but I never recall seeing the mayor at that club. Definitely, you would see entertainers, sometimes actors and actresses would stop by that were nationally known if they happened to be in the city for a certain event. And then you have like the local people who were like the drug dealers, the real estate people. Tigers closed when Stallworth was caught money laundering for a heroin dealer. He was charged in 2001, just a few months before Kwame Kilpatrick's first stint as mayor. At the time, Kwame wrote a glowing letter to the judge on Stallworth's behalf. He requested leniency for his fellow legislator. The letter called him a highly ethical and spiritual individual. Stallworth and Strawberry were close enough that they shared the same attorney, Dennis Michener. He was later disbarred for misuse of client funds. So we know Kwame and Stallworth were tight. And Stallworth and Strawberry were too. Kwame had secret sexual relationships with women other than his wife. He went to parties lots of them. He was seen with drug dealers. For years, he hid his secrets in plain sight. My other brother, who was a Detroit cop, he told me that he was in the 6th Precinct at the time up in an area called Brightmore. And he says that he looked over and he said, that's the mayor. He didn't have his executive team with him. And the mayor saw that my brother Sean had seen him and sort of waved Sean said he was talking to a guy I know who was a drug dealer, and the mayor's talking to him. And the mayor saw me, and he waved, and I waved at him, and I got the hell out of there because I didn't want him to see that he had seen me, you know what I'm saying? 
again, I'm always reluctant to do that, being a reporter and what I can commit to to the newspaper versus, you know, talking on a show like this. But I can definitively tell you that that's what my brother, the ex-cop, told me happened when he was in Detroit covering the northwest part of Detroit. A couple of years after Tigers closed in the spring of 2003, Tamara Green, now 26 years old, was gearing up to start the next chapter of her life. She was going to be the owner of a store for exotic dancers, one that sold costumes and accessories. She called it Tammy's Secret. Tamara had a lease on a location. She was getting it stocked and awaiting its grand opening. The grand opening was set for May. She wanted to get out. She was going to this church in Detroit right off Gratiot. She knew the pastor, and he was trying to help her get out because it was changing. The whole thing was changing. Girls who were making $100, $200, or $1,000 a night, sometimes they could draw in tons of money over a weekend. They weren't making anything anymore because the need wasn't there. When she was pregnant, she went home and she stayed with her grandma and had her last child named India. And she stayed during the whole pregnancy. She went back to school. She always wanted to be a nurse. So she had this whole different life, you know, where she wasn't dating. She was trying to have, raise her children. Jonathan, her oldest son, was there. And the other girl um, was there. And um, they had a wonderful life. She wanted to get out of it. And so when all this was starting to happen, what she needed was money. And that's why she came up with the idea that she was going to have a store. She would cater to strippers, dancers, with the clothes that would come in. And it was real cute. I didn't see the store, but I saw where it was. And her aunt described it. Because her aunt lived down in Mobile, Alabama. I went to visit her. And she showed me some of the things that would have been in that store. Mm -hmm. She had tons of stuff in there. that new life never came. Instead of a ribbon cutting for her store, on April 30th, 2003, Tamara was at an autopsy table. She'd been shot and killed while sitting in a car with her boyfriend, Eric Big E. Mitchell. A witness noted in the initial police report that Mitchell was feuding with another dealer. They had allegedly exchanged gunshots on the freeway. The coroner's report says the cause of Tamara's death was three gunshot wounds, one to her face above the ear and through the brain, another through her neck. A third hit her left arm and went through her chest. Bruises around both of her eyes were noted in the autopsy as something that happened before the shooting. They were inflicted with blunt force on the five-foot, three-inch-tall dancer. She wanted money. And when you want money that bad, she had to close on this place. And it cost more than she had. That's why she did the, the questionable party at that Southfield Hotel. It was a really run-down hotel. And the same guy that she was having trouble with, Eric Mitchell was having trouble mm-hmm. with for the shooting, smacked her in the eye because she went to this party Nothing was happening. They weren't getting tips, and she went and put her clothes on. She said, no tips. I got to leave. I can't do this. You know, she just wanted money. He got mad. He said, you're not leaving. He threw her keys off the balcony. Then Eric showed up, Mitchell, and him and that guy got into a tangle, and she almost threw him off the balcony. Yeah, that's part of the beef with Eric and this other drug dealer. Yeah, it was really between Eric and this guy. Apparently, the police came, and by that time, everybody was out of there. Everybody was gone. 
no arrests, nothing. Yeah. So you think, I mean, it's definitely then possible. I mean, everyone wants the story to be just because it's such a dramatic arc that the Manudian mansion led to her being killed. But she had so many other things going on that could have led to her being killed, including the beef between Eric Mitchell and this other drug dealer. He drove a white uh, Forester and guy that killed her drove a white van. What no one knew then was that Tamara's death would be a catalyst that started a spiral that caught Kwame Kilpatrick and others in his orbit. How far downhill Kwame Kilpatrick would go from the heights of his speech at Rosa Parks' funeral is something no one would have been able to predict at the time. In our next episode, whistleblowers and torn panties. Walt Harris talks about the time he found panties in one of the official cars. Yep, I was standing right there when the guy brought him back to the mayor. I was standing right there in the yard. He had him in a bag, a brown bag folded up. And the guy, he was off duty, he pulled up, came in. We were in the backyard, me and Walt Harris and the mayor. And he pulled the bag out of his pocket and handed the mayor, and the mayor stuck it in his pocket. Who Killed Strawberry is a production of WWJ News Radio in Detroit. The podcast is produced by Zat Clark and me, Christy Strasser. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a rating and be sure to subscribe. All views, statements, and opinions made by people in this podcast are theirs alone. All individuals should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.